All right, happy Tuesday. I am back with another Learning Tech Talks where I am continuing to explore the landscape of learning technology, cutting through the fluff. We're doing lots of stuff today. We're gonna, we're gonna have a good conversation. I am joined by Josh Kamrath. He is back. We were talking about this. He was on the show almost two years ago. It's been almost two years now, right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, pre sure. it was pre-pandemic, which is a little weird to think. So there was no pandemic at the time that we talked last. And he's with Bongo, which we're gonna unpack what that is so that you know anybody who hasn't seen the previous one or is unfamiliar will talk a little bit about that. But I am legit excited to talk about what's been going on with Bongo over the last two years, because I got the early preview backstage, but there's some pretty cool stuff happening um, that, that you're going to want to at least listen to. Cause I think from the technology standpoint, um, you're doing some cool stuff in democratizing access. And, and we're really going to be talking about validating mm. people's capability. We talk a lot about, you know, improving skills, improving capability, but a lot of times it's like, how are you measuring that? Do you actually know, that uh and and i think that's it so but josh you've you've since moved last time you were on the show you were in california you're not in california anymore exactly yeah so uh, a lot of life change uh for me and my family uh so uh we moved from san diego um to my hometown of loveland colorado uh which is actually where bongo is based and okay. uh, generally all of our engineering it's where i grew up too by the way is at this <laughs> office. so um and uh yeah so we moved, moved about a year ago also have uh, a, a, a new baby so a toddler um, and we actually have a, a second boy uh, coming in July, so a little, little more than a month away. Busy. So lots of, lots of <laughs> personal life change too for me. Yeah, both professional and personal life changes, yeah. which are which are always fun. Well, on my end, nothing's changed. Everything, everything's pretty much the same. Actually, quite a lot has changed since we last talked. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think everybody listening already knows most of that stuff. So for those of you who are just getting joined in, you know, feel free to let us know where you're joining from. Uh, and, and again, we're going to be digging into some pretty interesting stuff. So I would encourage you to ask questions along the way, because there may be some things that go, wait a minute, what that doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not jiving with what you're talking about. So feel free to ask, because this is one of those ones where I might get a little bit techie and geeky. And when that happens, sometimes, things start flying that I, uh, <laughs> people, people aren't always following. So keep me honest, keep me honest, those of you watching or listening, but so Josh, let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's do the founder story first. Sure. Cause I think it is worth kind of revisiting how you ended up with a video workflow platform. Yeah. Um, and, and what made you get into that? Yeah, so the the company was actually founded about 10 years ago uh, by a tenured professor, and he set out to solve his own problem, uh, which originally we started in education, higher education, uh, which uh, was having a learner or learners give a presentation, like a a public speaking presentation or a foreign language, um, and then get, get and receive feedback around that. Um, really, the last three years since I became CEO, we've really been shifting more towards corporate um, and uh, certainly this year, um, actually have more corporate learning business than education. Um, okay. still have, oh, but you're still, you're still working in both. both yeah, spaces. we still, we still have, <laughs> I would say probably about 7 million users in education. So it's a big footprint. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, we have, we have a lot of users now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, cor corporate learning this year is uh, actually surpassing um, it, the okay. education. In that threshold where it's crossing over. It, exactly. And, and that's an amazing thing. And, and you know, because that, that original vision with just facilitating a presentation has really evolved into our primary focus absolutely is in the corporate sector. And it's really centered around uh, holding learners accountable to what they're learning. And that's facilitated through video assignments, right? So yeah. both having a learner demonstrate that they can articulate or demonstrate a skill or competency. And then certainly in, in the corporate space, uh, that, that's generally or historically been hard to evaluate, especially at scale. And that's what a lot of it's very hard to do at scale. I think that's the biggest piece. I mean, I, yeah. I just think back to your kind of initial example. I, I just think back to even my my high school days where you had yeah. to prepare your presentation and then you'd go in front of the group and then it was videotaped and it was the worst. You yeah. like had to <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was legit. You had to prepare for it because like you can go up there and flub it. Yeah. But everybody's going to see it. Exactly. And you're going to have to watch it back and go. I cannot yeah. believe that I did that. And yeah. it doesn't end at high school or exactly. college. Like you, you're doing this, you're yeah. doing this professionally on a regular basis, going in front yeah. of people. And, that, and that's exactly it is. It turns out almost every job requires people to talk to other people. And that's <laughs> shocking. What <Bongo> yeah. <laughs> unless you're just, you know, in a basement mining Bitcoin or something like uh, you generally, you know, have a, yeah. whether it's a customer success interaction, uh, a sales interaction, a leadership development. Uh, we have a lot of membership organizations with like healthcare or, or nursing. Yeah. Uh, United Health Group is is one of our larger customers um, where they're like literally in that case, literally demonstrating a skill. Like one of my yep. favorite use cases is within nursing is having a learner um, basically plop down a, a chicken breast, like a cold chicken breast, make an incision. And then yeah. they have to demonstrate the actual skill of giving that chicken breast stitches. And they're also talking about really? uh, the different steps. So, you know, it's, okay. it's not just, uh, um, you know, sales or customer success. In no, it's, and I think sometimes that's where it gets kind of pegged. It's like, oh, yeah. salespeople, they yeah. do it because they're doing pitches and customer things. And it's like, uh, no, I mean, if you're a people leader, you're having conversations with your mm -hmm. people. If honestly, you may even just be pitching something that you want to do as a priority to your boss or whatever and go like, I mean, where do I practice doing that? You don't, exactly. it happens more than you think when you actually start digging down to the behaviors. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And so that, that's really a little bit of the history of the company. I, I would say another kind of caveat, um, is, historically, we've been an embedded solution. So Bongo's yeah. powered this functionality inside of other learning management systems or content providers, um, you know, and we still absolutely uh, do that and have a huge emphasis on it. But um, more yeah, because when we talked two years ago, yeah, that it was really was you, you couldn't yeah. necessarily go, hey, that sounds really interesting. We'd like mm -hmm. to use Bongo. It's like, well, not really the way it works. It exactly. was infused into other tools where you could say, well, these platforms are powered by Bongo. They have these video workflows built into it, but that exactly. has since changed. Exactly. It's, yeah. So it's, it's changed. Um, and, and, you know, like, like we were talking about with, you know, kind of pre COVID, we still had a huge user base, but being able to, you know, once COVID happens, being and able did you to see that spike? Oh my gosh. It was like insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, both from a usage standpoint and you know how people are using it. But okay, um, that that's um, you know now that the pandemics in general, like people are going back to work or, or you know, but but what's changed like almost philosophically is. Uh, you know, the one-on-one -on -one skill demonstration or like um, having a learner uh, be coached or have feedback provided by a mentor or, or peer. Um, historically, that was done in a face-to-face -face environment, which yeah. obviously doesn't scale very well. And now that, you know, tools like Bongo have become more ubiquitous and available and, and refined, uh, organizations have figured out that, you know, skill demonstration and helping learners or, or people uh, better articulate the knowledge that they're supposed to be learning, right? Like, um, yeah. and, you know, we not, not to go too into the products too quickly, but that that's a huge gap it, from my perspective. Like it might be a little biased, but, you know, when, when I was in college or, or, you know, going through corporate development training or professional development training, there's a lot of, you know, watch this video, take this quiz. And, yep. you know, it, you know, again, I'm biased, but like, is that really a good demonstration of like applied knowledge? Um, I would, I would argue, no, not really. Like there's a time and a place for it, but really bongo and having learners record themselves demonstrating in a real world context, that knowledge, um, and then being evaluated and have feedback provided and being held accountable through algorithms. And there's a level. Yeah. yeah it's a no, whole other level. You know, I think, and I, I saw some recent research come out in terms of, you know, how people, their preferences towards learning mm -hmm. and this and that. And I mean, I think does, does consumption play a big role? Sure, mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. always will. You, you can't say, well, uh, you know, is there never going to be a knowledge consumption component? No, I, I think that's not going away and it mm -hmm. shouldn't. But your point of, yeah, but how do you demonstrate that that knowledge has actually translated into yeah. action? Like exactly. it's one thing to say, "Oh yeah, I know how to do that." Yeah, so but let's can it see be you do it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> can you actually like? Oh wow, no, actually, you're pretty terrible. Still, keep yeah. keep practicing. And I think your point that you made about the and and we don't have to get into the whole pandemic work from home remote mm -hmm. like because that debate just drives me bananas. But I think your point of the expectation has changed over mm -hmm. the last two years where it used to be more acceptable to say, we recognize skill demonstration is important, but in order for that to happen, we have to wait for the opportunity for, you know, people to be here or be there or someone to physically connect with them. And we've demonstrated over the last two years, that's not, that's not the case, but the tech wasn't there. I mean, it has historically exactly. not been there, but now it is. And the expectation from employees of, you want me to travel in to show you how to sew a chicken breast? Like yeah. <laughs> I can sew a chicken breast on my kitchen counter exactly. and show you I know how to sew a chicken breast. But before it was like, yeah, but how would anybody ever see or evaluate mm -hmm. that? And and it sounds like you're just making that much more accessible. It, that's exactly correct. And, it, you know, really it boils down to the age old adage of what gets measured gets done. Yeah. Bongo is the measuring stick. Um, the the ability for organizations, whether it's subject matter experts, uh, you know, L and D departments, uh, sales or customer success uh, departments, to actually measure, hey, did this learning that I just spent, you know, invested a lot of time and money in, was it actually worth it? Like, Bongo helps and facilitates the measuring of they actually learned something. 
okay. they can apply that something. Um, so, so I am curious with this because you've now seen this, you know, so you've seen different creative use cases as mm -hmm. people have done. And, and again, to me, this is where, as we talk about some of this stuff and as we talk about kind of where the platform's gone, this is where I think, you know, if you're a designer watching or listening, thinking about this, this is where when we start thinking about the broader user experience design and we go, how do we actually demonstrate competency and how do we do this in a way that's user centric? It is about doing it in a way that, well, it's, it's, it's easy for them to do. They can mm -hmm. actually demonstrate capability. It's not burdensome type of a thing. I'm curious, what have you seen with some of the best practices around this? If you, if you have some of that, just again, we don't have to take a ton of time digging into this, but you've obviously shared some different use cases. Because again, it a lot sure. of times gets painted in the corner of, well, that's like sales pitches. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's <laughs> one of like 10 million possible use cases for it. But then there's also this, well, how do you use it? You know, are you finding people are using it as kind of a capstone at the end of something? Are they integrating it into a bit of a learner journey so that they're mm -hmm. actually developing along the way? Is it both and? I mean, I've got my perspective on how I think it could be used, but I'd love to just see sure. how you're seeing it used. Yeah, I would say, you know, how it's being used, like all of the above, uh, okay. you know, but again, we have millions of users, so that's indicative of just how the, how oh, yeah, millions of users is going to give you a lot of different usages. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I would say to answer your question more pointedly um, in the flow of the learning is, is, you know, where okay. we see the best outcomes delivered. And like another example is uh, we have one of our customers is uh, Telastra. So it's like Verizon okay. or AT&T in Australia. And uh, they're using it for uh, training their customer, you know, their call center uh, organization. Right. So they have thousands of call center people um, that are, you know, uh, measured on uh, can they quickly close support tickets or can they, you know, ha have a positive experience and interaction with their customers. And uh, they're using Bongo. Uh, so they have their training material. Right. And uh, that training material is, is mostly consumption based, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and now they're sprinkling Bongo video assignments into that okay. material throughout the pathway, throughout the path of the learning path so that those learners can learn something and then show that they can apply what they learned in a real world application. And then uh, one step further uh, through machine learning and AI tools, what we call auto analysis, they're able to receive automated feedback that's judgmental free. Right. So feedback that's you know not coming from a boss, certainly it can, uh, but <laughs> yeah. they don't have to feel like they're getting judged or or self you know, critical there. They uh, and, and that environment uh, is much quick, more rapid conducive. fire feedback just yeah, on like, super, hey, here's some things to take away from this. Exactly, uh, things you might right? want to consider. Um, you, you said a bunch of filler words or man, you missed like this was a key phrase in this piece. Of you did not say you this. It. Exactly. Okay. Um, yep. And the, the tool auto analysis can automatically identify um, okay. and, and provide feedback um, around that learning. So picking up on some of those communication pieces, even again, and I think this is where this whole, I've been in conversations where we've had this debate where it's, mm. you know, well, where can AI play that role in that? And it's not a replacement of that human development or coaching, exactly. but there are enough things that, I mean, machine learning can quickly say, you, you're talking too fast. Nobody exactly. can even understand what you're saying. Or like you said, you said, um, 37 times in that one minute clip, you might mm -hmm. want to just 
yeah, that, that's precisely um, precisely what what you know what the what the tool can do. And um, you know, maybe another great use case is uh, you know we've or a lot of us I'd imagine have have eaten at Chick Fil A. Um, that's one of our customers. And uh, if if you've ever uh, after you order, go up and ask for some ketchup. They give it to you and they almost always say, you say, thank you. They say my pleasure, right? Yeah. There's specific key phrases that they've, you know, invested a lot of energy and effort yeah, it's to part training of the their workforce. Yeah. It's part of the culture. So Bongo can, you know, facilitate that uh, interaction and then measure, did they say that thing? And, you know, Chick-fil-A, yeah. like that's a, I think a, an example that we can all relate to, but it certainly can be applied towards like software sales or, GDPR compliance, or, you know, again, fill in the blank. There's lots of uh, use cases and ways the tool can be leveraged. I mean, even difficult conversations you oh, may yeah. have with an employee, there are like certain right. things are like, do not say this type exactly. of a thing that you can just put in as watch outs. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I think that's, that's one of those perfect use cases when you think about where can machine learning and AI scale some of this and mm -hmm. increase the speed of feedback without saying, Oh, so you're saying you don't need a person. No, that's not what we're saying. What exactly. we're saying is you can augment that human feedback with faster, more actionable, just kind of like didactic stuff. Mm -hmm. As as we're talking about this though, folks, you know, who who are listening and and I know from the restream episode, a lot of people listen, they put it in another tab and then they continue their work. So you may have to tab back to do this. But I am curious what other folks are doing to incorporate kind of that application piece because this is commonly a place that is neglected heavily. Mm -hmm. it's, and, and I get it. It sometimes has been perceived as very difficult to scale, things like that. Or, um, you know, you, you put a quiz at the end and they go, well, they got 80%. So it's probably fine, even though they got unlimited tries. And after the first attempt, they could go review their answers. Like, I love those quizzes, by the way, because you just <laughs> rock it through. Um, so anyway, we'd just love to hear what other folks are doing with this. But so these use cases, things like this, but, but what we talked about was this was limited to, at least last time we talked, mm -hmm. platforms you already had strategic partnerships with. So, Correct. you know, if you had the platform that was powered by Bongo, you could use this. But if you said, wow, that kind of video workflow thing, that could be an interesting tool and you didn't have that platform, it really wasn't even an option. Now you've since changed that. That is one of the big changes, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So in the past, um, you effectively had to use one of our partner platforms, whether it's you know, Desire to Learn or Intrepid or Loop or Brainier, or, you know, we have 14 or 15 different partners that the tool was embedded in. Um, as of actually uh, just a, a month and a half ago, uh, Bongo both now has standalone support, uh, but also has SCORM capability. So what that means is, uh, you know, an administrator can be uh, working in uh, any tool that supports SCORM and then embed Bongo assignments um, in, again, the path learning pathway of that platform. And there doesn't have to be um, a, a deep, deep integration or a, or a reseller type partnership like we have uh, have with some of those organizations I listed. And, you know, uh, uh, the listeners or, or any of our users can be operating in tools like Learn Upon or 360 Learning or um, Absorb or, you know, kind of, again, uh, fill in the blank LMS. And as long as it's able, supporting SCORM. As long as it supports SCORM, which, you know, is, is, is quite ubiquitous. Um, and uh, you can just 
plop these, you know, hold the Because you're using a, and again, we're getting kind of geeky and technical here, but you're using a pass through essentially, right? So yeah. the swarm object's mm -hmm. sitting there and then it's passing through back to, correct. you know, the bongo capability somewhere else. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly correct. So from the learner standpoint, they just, you know, go through the learning pathway and then the, you know, there's a video assessment or video assignment that's powered by Bongo. Um, and instead of it being purchased through uh, the LMS, it would be more contracted through uh, directly with Bongo. Um, and then, but from a usability standpoint or like a, a learner standpoint, they just, you know, digest the material, digest the course, be held accountable to that material through Bongo, again, in the flow of that learning path, um, and then continue forward with, with the learning curriculum. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's pretty slick. What's, what's interesting about this, though, and, and when we were talking about it backstage, and this goes to anybody kind of in the design user architecture space, this does, in many regards, one, it's a possibility to open up your design portfolio a bit, mm -hmm. which I think is, is extremely helpful because I've worked with lots of designers where they go, we'd maybe like to go beyond just digital content, but when that's the only tool in your woodshed, mm -hmm. it's kind of like... <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you, what else you really want us to do. And again, we talked about it, the manual method of doing this, trying to set up. Yeah. Com completely unwieldy. Right. It, I mean, it's a yeah. night. I mean, I have been in organizations and more than once tried to set up, wouldn't it be great if we could have people do this and then they could just record a video themselves and mm -hmm. then they'll drop it on a SharePoint drive and send an email notification. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, just too many clicks. <laughs> just honestly forget it. No, people are going to be calling yeah. you going, how do I make a video type yeah. of a thing? You're like, just never mind. Um, sure. But I think that's where this does impact the way designers are thinking oh, yeah. about design architecture because you, I mean, the examples you've given so far, you have to start thinking about that holistic learning experience instead of just the content object. You yeah. have to think about it as a holistic development pathway. Exactly. And that's, you know, you're speaking exactly Bongo's DNA, right? So there's a bunch of learning science like Kirkpatrick model or experiential learning model where, you know, there's actual science supporting, hey, if, if you can demonstrate your skills, um, that that's a much better uh, representation that you're actually learning as opposed to just regurgitating on a quiz. And, you know, for, for the L&D, uh, you know, professionals, uh, what we've seen, you know, working the last few years in, in corporate L&D, when we interact, like you were just uh, mentioning, when we interact with an L&D shop, um, you know, their customer, if you will, is, is the sales team or the customer success team at that organization. And historically, it's been difficult to prove ROI. And that's, that's really where Bongo is like a home run for L&D organizations is, you know, the, the customer success team, like, you know, they might ask the L&D team to create all this, you know, spend a huge amount of energy. <laughs> a um, lot of time and money right? making this stuff. Exactly. I mean, a and lot then, of time and money. And then it's like, okay, you know, that you have all your customer success professionals go through that L learning. And, right. you know, the, there's a question mark at the end of like, well, was it worth it? Bongo allows the L&D organizations to show ROI to the leaders of, you know, the in this case, the customer success organization. And yeah. they can show like, hey, you know, that team of th whether it's 30 or 300 or 3000 people, 
this chunk of people uh, all did excellent according to auto analysis. And, you know, there's maybe of 3000, maybe there's two, you know, a hundred people that like we should spend a little more time on helping them because they've struggled applying what they learned. Um, and, and again, it's from a yeah. time management, time saving standpoint, huge, but more so in my opinion, like, just being able to, you know, show demonstrably like, hey, this was worth they it. They can do it. Yeah, yeah, they can do it. Well, and this is worth the investment for the organization. Um, so there's, that, there's two things the I want to jump on on this one, because a lot of times these t we, we toss these terms around a lot. Mm -hmm. But then when you scratch beneath the surface and go, right, but right, like ROI is one. L&D, mm -hmm. the return on learning, return on learning. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, in what sense? And a lot of times we are held hostage because in, mm -hmm. let's use your use case. Let's flesh that out. You put all this time into this learning pathway. Yep. Let's say you manage to just like mandate the snot out of this thing mm -hmm. and you get 99% <laughs> compliance, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you wave the banner and you go, everybody did it. Everybody did it. And let's prove the ROI. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's like, well, you look at the numbers after the fact and honestly, even if they go up, I am very cautious in telling people to go march in the parade and say, that was learning. Learning exactly. did it. Because you're like, well, did it? I Th mean, what exactly. if there was a market dynamics yeah. change? What if, I mean, you might see the numbers tank and it might be because, oh, well, last week, you know, the tech companies tanked on their earnings call and every <laughs> nobody all everybody tightened the pocket strings and everybody goes well see 99 compliance they've met it failed but this behavioral piece i've been able to shut down more but again this is where you change the definition of return yeah exactly. because if you automatically are trying to tie return to did did our eps go up exactly okay well come on but if you can say we set out to make sure and I just think of the, let's use Chick-fil-A. Sure, if we yeah. set out to make sure everyone says, my pleasure, mm -hmm. we want to make sure everybody does that with every interaction. We can now, what you're talking about, we can show they do. They yep. know how to do it. Exactly. So there's no argument of, okay, before we had 60% people that did it and did mm -hmm. it well. Now we've got 90. We exactly. moved that needle 90%. Now, whether or not that translates to business results, that's not necessarily L&D's problem to solve. It's to say, well, we did that. If it doesn't work, maybe we go back and say, maybe my pleasure wasn't really where it was breaking down. Mm -hmm. Let's readjust our focus and maybe we shift it. So I think yeah. that's where the shift in thinking around measurement needs to happen. But I think this does demonstrably change the conversation where people go, this is a training problem. And yeah. you go... I mean, every, not according to the measurement, everybody can do it. The fact mm -hmm. they're not. Exactly. I, and that's exactly know. it is. It, it takes it a step further than did the course get completed to, did the learning actually get applied? Right. And, and that's what, that's what Bongo is facilitating is can they apply what they learned in that real world setting? And, you know, the Chick-fil-A example is, although a more straightforward one, a great one, because we can all relate to it. Um, it's, you know, the organization Chick-fil-A is identified. If they say that phrase, then they're, you know, that's that. like a KPI that yeah. they measure of, okay, customer satisfaction. People like receive that catch up a little happier. Right. Yes. And so they're, they're encouraging. And in some cases like holding 
their employees, you know, from a compliance standpoint, accountable to saying that. And, and that's what Bongo can facilitate. And, um, you know, the, another, you know, maybe for a, a different example might be, you know, for Microsoft, they might be trying to get all of the people that resell Microsoft products to say the phrase, Azure is better than AWS because, you know, or right. something specific like that. Our, our tool can automatically identify that. Microsoft can throw 30,000 salespeople at the tool uh, or at the- And see the how many are actually doing that. Exactly. And, and then they're, you know, not just uh, looking at or having to be constrained to look at course completion. They're able to have a more business intelligence uh, kind of conversation of, hey, this was identified as an important critical thing by product marketing. Yep. We're, we're you know, going through this course. We need to actually see this demonstratively used more frequently. Exactly. Well, and like I think the learning outcome that's desired. And, and the thing with it is this gets back to this, you know, a lot of times we talk about wanting a seat at the table and what is mm-hmm. our strategic relationship with the business. And this to me is really where the it rubber the meets the road on this. Exactly. This is like, well, this is where you're in your lane and they're in their lane and you're driving down the track together because you're yeah. not trying to come up with what words are the ones that make the biggest difference. It's like you're L and I mean, you may have ideas, but it's not really your place to say, I know what words are going to change the business. It's your words to say, okay, you figure that out. Tell me what we need to do. Then we will make sure that that behavior is changing to match, to match what you're saying needs to happen. And then we have a strategic business conversation when it doesn't work, but instead of just finger pointing of, well, the training didn't work. No, you're, you know, you're not holding your people. And we're all like, What's okay, but do we even know if people like do we even know if anybody's actually able to do this? Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. We never really checked that mm-hmm. type of a thing. This this changes the conversation dramatically. Exactly. That's like like I said earlier. It's like the the adage: what gets measured gets done. And then because there's a measurements, you know, something that you can reference that's tangible. Then there's like you were referencing, like there's an actual conversation can happen between L and D and you know you know customer service or L and D yep. and sales or L and D and leadership training or development. Like um, there there's actual tangible conversation and like um, you know uh, so, something to reference, right? Like yeah. well, this group of of learners didn't say this, and and lo and behold, they're not as good at pitching the product, um, right? Well, and I think the thing with that, the thing that's with that, and this goes back to a lot of conversations I have is Mm -hmm. this requires change in the way L&D operates, Mm -hmm. in the way we think, and the way we even operate as a function. Because everything we're talking about now even changes your approach to assessing needs. I mean, you're asking different questions now, because instead of just saying, what do we need to tell them? You've actually got to dig into what mm-hmm. are they what are they not doing that we want them to be doing? Like wh- like uh, even the example of Microsoft, what things are they not saying in those conversations exactly. that we think if we get them saying this kind of stuff, if they're using these words, if they're bringing up these kind of topics. I mean, I remember doing product work. Um, we don't have to get into the where, but and and it really was about how you represented the product, Mm -hmm. the marketing team knew how the product was represented, translated into deals. That was their deal. They did 
millions of dollars of analysis to know if we talk about it this way, if we make comparisons to this product, if we do this and that, like they knew it wasn't mm -hmm. our job to go like figure that out, but we were able to work with them, but it was a different conversation was saying, well, how are conversations happening today? What would we like those to be on the other side? And then let's build a pathway that takes them from point A to point B and let's assess along exactly. the way. Are they actually growing in that? And if not, then why? Exactly. And and that that's like, you know, would be a slam dunk use case for, for Bongo, right? And we have a lot of product teams that we work with where they're leveraging Bongo uh, because they've invested and done a bunch of research and know where to throw shade and where to emphasize. Uh, and But to date, there hasn't been a tool that holds those, in this case, salespeople accountable to pitching it the right way. And that's what yeah. Bongo can facilitate. And um, you know, both, both from the structured video assessment, from the auto analysis. And then more recently, uh, we have this, this new capability that we're calling phrase gen, um, which we were talking a little bit about it, uh, prior. And, I know this is um, one like years ago. I was like, I, somebody needs to make this and <laughs> yeah. everybody's like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. And yeah. so, yeah, I was and, jazzed. Yeah, so, so effectively what that can do is uh, it can ingest source material, right? So that use case that you just mentioned where it's around a product team you know, or product marketing, they've already figured out and created battle cards or maybe like the you know 70 page PowerPoint. Our tool with PhraseGen can ingest that source material uh, through natural language processing and AI can directionally figure out okay, this document or this material is trying to get this thing across. And then it'll run the algorithms again and uh, identify keywords or key phrases that support that direction, right? So, okay. um, you know- So it's a two-step part. Like two you're taking part. the source material of, again, and for folks, if you're not familiar with like battle cards, it's a sales thing. They've, they've yeah. got like their battle card that here's key product features, value propositions, all this stuff. So it's, mm -hmm. it's quick, right? You know, or, or a product deck. So it's actually ingesting some of that source content yep. to see what matters out of this type of, that's, that's the first part, right? Exactly. And, and it, you know, it's a two part thing, like philosophically, that's how it's architected, okay. but it happens in like fractions of a second. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of machine learning <laughs> yeah. things that used to take Lots of people yeah. hours to sit and try and go through and arguing in a conference room over which word they liked best. Mm -hmm. Machine learning's doing it in a fraction of that. Exactly. But, you know, the beauty is, you know, just this kind of, we were just talking about, L, you know, equipping or empowering L&D teams, right? Where the sales organization or the product marketing organizations figured out, you know, how to frame or how to position the product and they've created assets or things around that. You can effectively, as an L&D professional, uh, through Bongo, ingest that material. It'll then uh, pick out, okay, here's the most important elements. Here's the things that should be said by the, by the learners. And then okay. we'll automatically calibrate uh, the auto analysis to verify, did this, in this case, the salespeople say what they were supposed to according to the product team. And okay. all of that happens, you know, again, automatically. And Which is reducing the burden in some regards. And, and going back to what we were saying on the design team, instead of us having to sit and go through and try and figure out like yep. 
that is, we're actually allowed. Yeah, right. What is the important part? Like, exactly. I mean, and a lot of time can go into that. You oh, can yeah. say, I mean, I've I've done it myself. You've got these massive decks, and you're like. Good yeah, so freaking grief. I don't know what we should be looking for in this. Exactly. And that's exactly, you know, this is, you know, millions of dollars and, and you know, over a year in engineering that is taken to develop this. And, um, but that's a, effectively what it boils it down to is. Now, how does the workflow with that piece, work? I'm curious, is, is with that piece. So there's mm -hmm. the workflow to ingest, to ingest your source content yep. um, and then analyze it and kind of come up with like, you know, here's, here's kind of some of the things that we're looking for. But then on the other end, as a user, what is, how, is it the same video workflow that's yep. happening that, okay, so it's the yes, same video the same, workflow same and workflow. that they're, they're kind of saying whatever, and it's analyzing then what they're doing and then matching it back to whatever yep. the source file was. Exactly. And then it'll give you a little score of like, Hey, you know, you said these key phrases, here's the ones you missed, or here's a bunch of filler words that you put in there. Probably need to, you know, practice, practice again here. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, from, well, a, it, from an authoring standpoint, it, it takes it from what would be, you know, before we had this functionality, hours for an L&D person. To well, that's what I was going to say from a speed out. to market standpoint. Yeah. It takes it from hours to, you know, like a couple minutes, maybe. Um, okay. And, and that, that's a huge, huge, um, I, I would say like, you know, elements. So not only is it lifting up the accountability and having the, like what gets measured gets done kind of reference. Um, but it, but it's also um, becomes more of like a business intelligence, like a BI type type use case, as opposed to just like a, a fun way to assess and evaluate people. Well, so on this, um, cause, cause that last piece you talked about, cause so again, this is where a lot of this stuff, when you look at it, it's easy to look at a tool and kind of go, oh, okay, you know, like tool would help with this, mm -hmm. but this really does impact your entire operational flow with type things. But mm -hmm. I, but I like the acceleration piece. Cause to your point, that can be a lot of work if it's, you know, Hey, we need to do a product assessments and we want to do a skill validation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And that, and that's I thing. mean, that's a lot. Like it's a, it how is. many products yeah. do we have? I mean, one company yeah. I was with, it was like, 329 and you're oh. like oh i mean how many yeah. product decks are we gonna have to sit and go through and figure and so we ended up just kind of winnowing it down and winnowing it down and being mm -hmm. like well what are the top five products because from a capability that really was what we had the capacity to look at but again exactly. i think what you're describing with with using machine learning is to say well why do you have to stop at five Mm -hmm. Because as long as that source material is there, which it is, because marketing spending boatloads of money making yeah. sure it's there, and, you, you know, have that raw content component of L and D is you know somebody's creating content, whether it's somebody's creating it somewhere or externally brought in. You know the content's you know a core part of L and D. You know Bongo is marrying to that content, holding learners accountable to it, and then getting them to apply it in a real world setting. But to your point. You know, and this is the case with, I would say, like almost all of our corporate <laughs> L&D uh, customers where they might have, you know, a team of hundreds or thousands of employees. And, you know, th there might be a team of 2000 employees, but the L&D shop is like, it's like two people. Right. right. <laughs> so, so the burden for them is, you know, they're always like totally have a ton of weight on their shoulders. And, and that's a, a big thing that we've seen our customers be able to benefit from is they don't have to make as many compromises like like you were just saying and you know they don't have to choose like okay what are the five one five products we're going to support 
you know, they can uh, ingest materials or the things that are already created um, and be able to, you know, make a, have a much bigger footprint, you know, have a seat at a, you know, a, a conver- at a table at a higher floor, if you will, like you know, a more, <laughs> nicer you know, carpet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it's uh, they're, they're able to to actually be involved in the conversations of like, hey, how do we actionalize this new functionality, and how do we equip and enable our sales organization to actually talk about why our new functionality is competitive against our competition, and yeah. you know that that's really the core. Uh, one of the core use cases that we're seeing at Bongo is, um, you know, being able to to do those interactions, to engage with those learners in a really high touch, meaningful way, but at a, a you know highly scalable way too. Well, and and it's it's an important note to hit on with this because one of the things that that does come up sometimes when we start hearing automation machine mm-hmm. learning ai is starting coming there is there can be this tendency of like well but that's what i do mm-hmm. so if this is going to be done automated what's my role and and to me i look at it and go mm-hmm. i mean your role is changing yes but yeah. for the better and that's I don't exactly think, what I, would argue. I mean it's for the better yeah. and on top of it i have yet to be in an organization where we've even come close. I mean, even remotely close to going, you know what? We've done all the things. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've done all the things. That's yeah. it. I don't know. There's just nothing left to do because we've just done it all. And so I think mm-hmm. that fear of, well, m- might this take from the value we're bringing? I would say absolutely not. Because again, going back to that example of rather than saying, well, we can really only do this for for five products because mm-hmm. this is pretty massive in terms of intent. It's like, well, no, we can actually support, we can support the entire portfolio That's because exactly. we're augmenting our people and, yep. and can do more with, with less. Exactly. More then, with and, more, that, I guess. and that's, that's, ex- I would a hundred percent agree. Like the role will change, but it's going to yes. change to a more important role and yes. the learning will change, but change to a more impactful outcome as opposed to, you know, just, looking at completion, you know, completion rates are important, but they're like, a factor, they're, but they're a factor, but like if, if, you know, if that's all that's being looked at, you know, that's a missed opportunity and, and something that I, again, I think um, equipping our customers and equipping our L and D professionals with tools like Bongo makes their role organizationally more important, more impactful to business success. No, oh, I and, would agree. Yeah. Well, and even just the example of, I mean, again, but this is, this is a real, this is a real challenge that, that you have to face because it is different um, and different can feel uncomfortable and you can feel like, well, but my job used to be making all these things or reviewing the 200 PowerPoint decks and trying to come up with the most important things. Like that was my job. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, but that, that's not the higher order skills you really bring to the table. Why not spend more of your time on that higher order, you know, consulting conversations, working with the business. But that does lead me to a follow-up question on that, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, so with that, and I think this is one of the things where, where sometimes people get a little leery with, with machine learning is, okay, so it can ingest this content. It comes up with its right criteria based mm-hmm. on what you put in here's what I think I'm assessing. The reality is 
it happens where sometimes that material is garbage, right? Or there's a lot of garbage in it um, type of a thing. And you may not just want to blindly go, well, the algorithm said this is what's important. So like let it out the door. (laughs) Yeah. Is there, is there the ability to say, Hey, before we, you know, put this out to the masses and start giving people feedback, we have a chance to look at like, what are the criteria it's coming up with assessing? Because we may say, is the, and again, well, answer that question first sure. and then I'll go to that. Yeah, the, the answer is like, a- absolutely. So all okay. the algorithms are doing is making a recommendation of here's the 10 words that we think okay. the algorithm thinks are really important. You okay. human, you know, Hugh L&D professional or sales subject matter expert validate that these are the important things and maybe add some, may- maybe take away. Um, but but it's, you know, that's where it's, it's taking the hours that, Formally, yeah. you would spend reading the deck. To, exactly. <laughs> to, okay, now just like validate that this is, these are the important aspects. And, you know, it takes it from our, what was hours into minutes of, of authoring, you know, high touch. Okay. High okay. Well, and I wanted to bring that point up because again, this is where sometimes people freak and then they bail because they go, well, yeah. <laughs> we just can't trust an algorithm sure. and I'll go to do this. And it's like, no, legitimately you shouldn't mm-hmm. because that's when bad things happen where you're just like, Hey, we put the deck in and it's telling everybody to do its thing. And, and yeah. then you look at the day and go, oh, you know, yeah. what, wait, what? But this also opens. And here's the other thing. We're going back to this higher order thing. A lot of times in our seats, we see some of this stuff and we go, you know, from like a development, I don't know that this is really as helpful to people or it's really sending the message you think it is. But a lot of times that becomes subjective because we say, well, we don't think this. And of course our counterparts go, well, what do you know? You're L and D like stay out of our business type of Mm -hmm. a thing. But what this actually does is allows you to play that strategic role of saying, our tools are actually looking at this and based on analyzing it, this is the kind of coaching and development mm-hmm. it's seeing from the content you're creating. Is that accurate? And, yeah. it, and, and then they give them a chance to go, that's weird. Why is it coming up? Well, it's, it's based on the, and that becomes then a strategic conversation, not only on how you may be developing your people and saying, Hey, you know, okay, well, let's change the, the criteria but also a strategic discussion with your business partners to say, you know, exactly. we might actually want to change some of the things because honestly, based on this, this is the message it's sending, which is why it's saying we should develop on this. But if that's not right, maybe not only should we change our coaching criteria, maybe we should also change the source content to better exactly. align to that. And that becomes less of a you versus me, you know, yeah. turf war, but a discussion. Correct. Exactly. It's a discussion and it's, it's, you know, where it's, you know, both parties are like equal discussion. It's not, yes. uh, you know, throw it over the fence. It's and, two hey, parties talking about what the AI what is said. Here. Yeah. What, okay. What let's is really talk about what's important forward. here. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's exactly what, what Bongo equips L and D people with or equips, you know, course creation with is, uh, both the measurement tool, but also the like digital asset, right? You can say, yeah. Hey, wouldn't it be nice to see the salespeople practice a pitch or see how they, you know, when, when they're faced with the objection, like, I love your product, but the price is too high. How do they handle that objection? What do they right? say? Yeah, and what, what should what they be saying Exactly. based on data versus just like, I don't yep. know, like go with your gut. Exactly. Well, I don't know that that's really a good strategy. Exactly. So 
Um, yeah, and, and and you know, like I was mentioning, it it it, it allows L and D organizations to have, you know, I guess you just hit it on the head where it's an actual discussion or dialogue. A discussion. Uh, as it's a business to, discussion. It's exactly. no longer. Pre- and I've been that designer before. Mm-hmm. I've been the designer <laughs> where you get the thing and you're like. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you, like you, you want me to make something out of this? Like this is a hot yeah. mess and you yeah. want me to design something and create a learning pathway. I mean, and this is what I have to work with because they do become a Franken yeah. piece of work. You know, it's like, so, Oh, tell them this, totally. tell them this pretty soon the whole kitchen sinks in. <laughs> and I think that's where this is actually an opportunity to say, Hey, we're sending a lot of messages to people. Mm-hmm. And, and we're trying to come up with something, but now instead of it's just my opinion, this now becomes something. I, again, I think there's tremendous potential with, with even this line of thinking. And regardless of how you're approaching it, mm-hmm. this is how some of these new emerging technologies can change the seat we have, change the discussion we have, but it requires us to think differently and, and act differently. Um, one other point, though, that I want to make bring up and just kind of see if you if you have some perspective or if you've gotten some ancillary feedback on this. We've talked a lot about the benefit to our stakeholders, which is mm-hmm. important. They're the ones cutting our checks, you know, so <laughs> we obviously want them to be happy because sure. it's not fun being on the other end of like, so what does L&D do here type of a thing? <laughs> yeah. and, and we've been there. For sure. It's great when our internal operations can streamline and all this stuff. I mean, that's fantastic when we can do that. But sometimes what gets lost in the conversation is the actual employee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we say employee centric design, learner centric design, you know, design thinking, all this. And then it's like they're kind of an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I do want to talk about the fact that this actually is, is not like impeding their experience because people do want feedback. And a lot of times mm-hmm. that's the missing cog. For yeah. people in their learning experiences, like you asked me to do all this stuff, you forced me to go through it, you sent it my way, you told me it's important, and I have absolutely zero way of one demonstrating that I know how to do it, so that you can stop sending me through the same course that I told you I know how to do already, For sure. or be able to actually say, you know what, wow, I, I'm not as comfortable with this, but nobody's ever taken the time to give me at least rapid feedback so I can Mm -hmm. change my behavior, practice, try again, and actually improve. And I think that's one of the things where, while we're talking a lot about these other ancillary things, this actually is impacting the employee development experience in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely impacting the employee. And, you know, really they're the one, uh, they're the, the party getting the most benefit. And, you know, it's probably best said, so one of our other customers, uh, Cognizant, um, is uh, they coined the phrase, uh, I guess, like for us or in describing <laughs> our tool and, and that it's giving judgmental free feedback, right? So the auto analysis, yeah. you know, there, there's, it's human nature to like want to impress your boss or want to impress the stakeholders that be. And, you know, when you're using a tool um, you know, like, like Gong, for instance, where it's recording a sales interaction, but it's all retroactive. Then when you're getting feedback there, because it already took place, like you're, you just bomb that customer call. The last thing you want to do is have like your boss and every leader being like, Oh, wow. You really 
drop yeah. the ball there. Exactly. And, and, you know, so that environment creates the learner. So the employee, it puts them in defensive mode from the get go. Whereas with Bongo, it's all proactive learning and it's specifically housed or that the environment is supposed to be uh, with, at least with the auto analysis and the automated feedback is centered around, you know, I'm just getting feedback from algorithms. So like right. nobody's here judging me or, or like thinking harshly. And uh, we actually had. Um, yeah, judging my character or who I am yeah, as a that, person. It's simply listening to what I said and saying, hey, you said I'm way too many times yeah. and you talk too fast. Take it, it down a notch. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's absolutely applicable in corporate learning. But we had a university do a, an IRB study uh, about a year ago that, uh, so it's, you know, peer reviewed and it's like a legitimate study and they were looking at right, right when the auto analysis came out and they were looking at, does this facilitate more practice? And okay. the finding was, uh, two, two core findings. One, the amounts that people practiced when auto analysis was available was 365%. Oh, I was going to say it, right? it so had people, to have skyrocketed. practice, you know, their yeah. pitch or whatever they're being evaluated on three and a half times more compared to not having that available. But then the other outcome that I think is even cooler is it turns out that the knowledge retention, right? So actually being able to like recall that knowledge yeah. and apply it um, dramatically improved the more complicated the subject matter, right? So, you know, that simple example of saying my pleasure at Chick-fil-A, like, you know, not a huge correlation there. No, pretty easy to pick up and get the hang yeah. of it. It's not terribly exactly. complicated. It's pretty straightforward. But, but you know, when asked uh, an open-ended question around like, you know, objection handling of like, oh, I know the competitor does X, Y, and Z. And then how do they overcome that? Or like, you know, that example with Telestra in the call center of, you know, those are usually, you know, customers that are interacting with the employee from like a hard, yep. harsh, uh, you know, <laughs> so there's some problem is why they called. So, you know, a, a learning outcome of being able to calm the conversation down and get it to a productive, positive uh, outcome is, is really important. And, um, you know, and, and that's where there's even more like very strong correlation between using Bongo and, and auto analysis um, in that. Practice so it's, so what's funny about this. I love when people f have like actual research and data yeah. that backs <laughs> things that have backed like my personal just experience. Cause I'm like, yeah. here's what my experience has been. Um, and I hate saying this is how it is for sure. Cause it's like, well, I'm not a researcher. I don't do sure. this at scale, whatever, but I observe these things. And what's interesting about the point you bring up is a lot of times we say, well, people don't have time to practice. They won't really do it. And I'm like, they will though. The problem is they don't like feeling one judged. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible feeling to feel mm -hmm. judged and people don't want to practice when they feel judged or if it's out there. And they also hate doing things as practice and not getting feedback, which mm -hmm. a lot of times is what happens. Hey, record this video, put it on SharePoint. You might hear something in three years. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to take the time to do that for the possible meaningless or not time bound feedback I get. And, and it doesn't surprise me that you'd see such an exponential growth mm -hmm. when you automate and make it a safe place to do something and get feedback. Because I've, I've had very similar experiences. And, and the other one that you brought up that's interesting is that complicated thing. I ran a, mm -hmm. we ran a, a group exercise once where, 
and, and again, this was in one of my like circumstantial, like well, whatever we did it. And the data mm -hmm. seems to support my experiential data supports mm -hmm. what you said was the question was hard. It was describe how artificial intelligence is changing the way our product is used in a workflow. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, say, say what? Yeah. Like what? That is a hard thing to articulate. Yeah. But people wanted to get good at it mm -hmm. because they're like, I get asked that. I go into this and they go, we have AI. And the immediate response from a customer is, how's it work? Yeah. And I don't know the answer and I want to get better yeah. at it but I don't know how to get better at it. And yeah. I'm afraid to go do it in front of my peers and have them go, well, that was awful. Like, wow, you don't know. Yeah. They don't want to do it there. Exactly. They don't want to do it somewhere and never hear back because they, they've got to do this 10, 15 times a day. And it was amazing, like you said, how much they used it and how much better they got mm -hmm. at answering those specific questions. But to the L&D standpoint, it took a lot of work to get us back to what question do we need to develop the right behaviors in, mm -hmm. in our people to actually change the business? And that's where we spent our time, which goes back to that higher order thinking. Yep, exactly. And then, you you know, probably to the business with that use case or example, it's a, it's a more actionable, like business outcome, right? The customer facing people can actually have an intelligent conversation around something that customers are really interested in. Like yeah. that would be an absolute slam dunk use case. for. <laughs> it was, I mean, we weren't even, I mean, it was, we were using different, whatever approach to it, but that's yeah. why I was excited about this because I've seen this kind of shift in thinking yeah. in L and D have a big impact on the impact you have, the relationships you have with the business, the employee experience. I mean, this really does tie to a lot of these things that we talk about mm -hmm. in ether you know, we want to make things personalized, improve the, you know, learner experience, yada, yada, yada. It's like, right. But, but how, mm -hmm. how are you doing this in a way that's actually meaningful? Totally. Okay. Yep. I told you, I'm not going to, cause there's about four other areas that I, I really want to dig into, but it's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen. It's not going to happen in two minutes and 12 seconds. For sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to, call it, call it a day on this one. Cause Josh, this has just been a phenomenal conversation. I'm so glad that you were able to come back because this is another reason why I encourage vendors to come back on the show because over time things change. I mean, your mm -hmm. product is dramatically different than what it was two years ago, year and a half ago when we had this conversation. So I appreciate you making the time totally. and, and joining me and, and let me know what you all are up to. You've got some exciting stuff. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And yeah, it's it's been awesome to see the evolution of the product and just, you know, how our customers are applying it is is almost more remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> as awesome. Endless number of use cases out there. Well, enjoy your uh, remaining weeks before you're losing sleep uh, with the newest addition to the fam. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's stay in touch. And, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully you got something valuable regardless of you know the products you're using, but in your way of thinking about uh, measuring skill and capability in in your teams. Awesome, thanks, guys. See ya.